Hi, I'm Ben Erdman, and you're listening to Life's a Pitch. When you made your first first ascent, mm. what did that feel like for you? Like, what, what was that like? <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty painful. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty painful. We climbed uh, we climbed the east face of the citadel, and uh, and put up this line in a 72 hour push of nonstop movement. And we down climbed the north ridge, so we we essentially went up and over the entire mountain. And we went down this ridge and circled back to our camp. And all of us had gotten exposed so much to the cold, having just gone through the night and, and weathered through so much there, that we all had a pretty significant, like, you know, frostbite damage to both our toes and our fingers in that way. And, and I remember just being so hungry getting back down to our camp and we all ate eight pounds of bacon. We like immediately cooked the rest of the bacon we had and we had about a hundred tortillas and we sopped up every single drop of the grease with the tortillas. And we were just so loving all of it. But I remember that night just feeling like my arteries thump and rolling in my sleeping bag with the swine sweats and, and just feeling like my skin was crawling from him. And it was so funny to come out of there because when we left the next day and the plane came and picked us up, it was minus 20 inside the cockpit of the plane in the afternoon sun. And that's, it's just a, an example of how cold and wild that place can get. I mean, we climbed the whole climb probably in minus 20 to minus 30 degrees. And, and it was just, it was something because I came back. <laughs> I came back and I, I practiced a lot of yoga and I did, was doing that Bikram style of yoga, which is in, you're in a real hot room and you're sweating an awful lot and having you know some frostbite damage. I went into there and it was ridiculous because I felt like I was detoxifying all that bacon grease over the course of the next couple of weeks. And during the yoga classes, it just smelled like bacon grease in there. And there's all these vegan, you know, vegetarian chicks in there. And they're all, why does it smell like bacon in here? <laughs> I'm all, you have no idea where I just came from. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty painful, but it was, it was very rewarding. Welcome to Life's a Pitch. I'm Lucas Westcott. First ascents, or FAs, are gold standard in climbing. FAs denote the first successful attempt to ascend a climb using a specific route. They answer the question, who did it first? They're noted in guidebooks, and they're often the stuff of legends. On today's episode, we're going to explore the what, how, and why of first ascents. What are they about? What does it take? How does it feel? why do climbers chase them? We're going to start with Carlos Bueller and Jesse Huey, two very different climbers who agree that first ascents are about exploring the edge. Here's Carlos Bueller. In the beginning, when we start to climb or we start to kayak, we take lessons, we learn basics, and through repetition, we become hopefully better and better at executing that activity. When we reach a certain level of confidence and familiarity with it, we begin to vary the way we 
practice the sport. And I think it's the same with any sport. It takes a certain level of familiarity to be able to then know where the limits are and where the boundaries are. And once we understand those limits and boundaries, we can begin to play with the fringe without going too far over the edge and come back. And it's, it's creating things on that fine line at the edge of what has been done before, that originality that is at the heart of creating a new route or doing some what people might refer to as a first descent. Jesse Huey, those those days are when you're up and you're like we just did a route um, in the Wind River Range this summer um, in Wyoming. Uh, Mount Hooker is a first grade six wall, so it's a wall the size of El Capitan. It's a little bit smaller, but it gets the same commitment level uh, because it's so far in the middle of nowhere um, that no one had done and. Um, and it was so cool because we didn't know if it was, we literally didn't know if it was possible to do it. And, you know, you'd just be scratching around and be like, God, I don't think it goes. And then you'd feel this, the rock, and you'd feel a small indentation. You'd be like, God, I think I might be able to hold on to that. And if that had just been another random grade in a guidebook of like 12B or whatever it is, then you'd just know that it was possible and you'd do it. How many times in life do you get a chance to try to do something no one has ever done before? potentially pushing the edge of what you're capable of and not knowing it until you're doing it. What does that feel like? Kendra Stritch, Aaron Mulkey, and Carlos Bueller give us a sense of what it feels like to be the first and the gratification that comes with it. Here's Kendra Stritch. On sighting things or climbing things that are new, there's an excitement and a nervousness because it's new. You don't know what's coming. You you have an idea of what's coming, but you don't know what that next hold feels like or that next swing or the ice is gonna be until you're actually there. So there's the the nervousness and the excitement, the anticipation of it as you're going into it. And and then the satisfaction, you know, as as you figure it out and you decide what to do and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right and you maybe adjust or like, oh yeah, this is this is good and you you go for it and you get the energy, you know, as as you're figuring it out and then, you know, ultimately at the top or the end of it, like the the satisfaction of being like, okay, I figured that out. Like I did that on my own. Air Mulkey. It's a, well, it's a unique feeling, you know, I think to go and climb something that has never been climbed before. Nobody's, you know, maybe stood in that place or even um, climbed in that one spot, whatever it might be. Um, and I think the really cool thing is that sometimes you may be the only one to climb it for another 20 years. You know, this thing came in, it was in for a couple of days and now it's gone. Um, and I think that feeling is, is really fulfilling for me. Carlos Bueller, I've got all this knowledge that I've built up over the years. Now I'm going to go out and try something where I don't have an instruction booklet. Something where I can say to myself, nobody's put their hands or their feet on this particular 
portion of the earth and I'm going to go out and give it a try. I don't know what the protection is like. I don't know exactly where I'm going to have to spend the night. I don't even know exactly if there's going to be a good anchor when I get to a particular place on the climb. But I know that I've got the confidence to deal with all those situations. Adventure is about confronting uncertainty. But a first ascent is a different kind of adventure. It's about more than just uncertainty. It's about the unknown. As Jesse Huey explained to me, climbing a difficult established route is a question of, are you up for it? But a first ascent climb is a question of, is it possible? That unknown space, beyond uncertainty, is the place first ascent climbers are seeking out. As it turns out, it's a space many of them prefer, and the novelty that they find there becomes something many of them spend their lives chasing. Here's Aaron Mulkey and Kendra Stritch on The Unknown. We'll also hear from James Loveridge with a story about being careful what you wish for. But first, here's Aaron Mulkey. I always tend to be interested more in the stuff that's unknown. Um, sometimes because, you know, you hear stuff about like, you know, like really cool climbs and really hard climbs and you hear about these things that have happened on those climbs and you kind of get intimidated by them, but you can't get intimidated by the unknown, right? Kendra Stritch. One of the things I really enjoy about competition climbing is that I get to climb a new route every time you're getting on the wall. So you don't know what's coming. You can read it from the ground, but as you're climbing it, it's it's new, you know, it's still movements that you know, but you're putting them into a different sequence or on a different angle and stuff like that. And that's also what I love about climbing waterfalls is that the ice is constantly changing. You can climb the same route every week and it will be different every week because the ice is melting and freezing and sublimating and it's always changing. And that's what I really love about that. I also like that in my rock climbing. I tend to be an, an on-site climber. I would choose to climb a new route instead of projecting the same route for a long time. So I like I like that newness and the, the challenge of figuring out the, the routes as you're climbing them. James Loveridge. For me, I, I, I do love trying to find new routes and doing like, you know, true first ascents. One of my favorites was one of my earlier ones, which was here in, in Munising, and that was called uh, Strawberry Days. It's kind of funny, we were over on the East Channel uh, of Trout Bay, uh, or of uh, Grand Island. So we went over there, um, uh, walked over from Sandpoint, and we were looking at this big, huge stuff way out by, you know, Miner's Castle, and it, there's no way we we're gonna go out there, it'd take forever, and it was, we didn't know if the you know water or the ice was safe but these uh this father and son team came up and wondered what we were doing uh, we we're only climbers in the whole area and uh it was my buddy andy albasta and i and uh turns out they were from tennessee they came up here to snowmobile they'd never you know ridden a snowmobile in their life they thought we were workmen they thought we were like doing like what do you got were you working on lines up there or something they had no idea what we were doing they're like no we're ice climbing and he's like, so is this cool? I mean, what, what about that stuff over there? And I'm like, oh yeah, that stuff's cool. You should take us over there, thinking there was no chance that that was gonna happen. And he's like, yeah, sure, we're, we're, we're going that way. So 
we uh, we go over there, we get to the base. Uh, Andy's on the back of one, Snowmobile, I'm on the back of the other. We get off, and they take off, and I'm just looking up at this thing, which is by far the biggest, scariest climb I've ever seen. And Andy kind of bumps me, and he goes, it's your lead, dude. It would be easy to see first ascent climbs as purely physical feats. But confronting the unknown is as much a mental challenge as it is a physical one. Here's Rafael Slavinsky, Angela Van Wemerish, and Jesse Huey on the mental component of tackling the unknown. Rafael Slavinsky. I think what's coolest to me with first ascents is that, um, especially if it's something where maybe you standing at the bottom, you cannot see all the way to the top, maybe there's something hidden. It's um, you're just going up and you're kind of unlocking this puzzle and you're and you're finding things you didn't know were there. So I think it's that kind of, um, again, it sounds cliche, but it's that uh, venturing into into the unknown and having it un and unlocking it. And maybe sometimes it doesn't unlock. But but again, that's that's the whole point of adventure. If uh, if the outcome is not in doubt, that it's not adventure. Angela Van Wimmersch. And I think that unknown, the no expectation, the just putting yourself out there and taking it, you know, one swing at a time is something that is unlike any other type of climbing for me because, you know, I'm not that strong of a rock climber. I can't just like go up to a route with no beta at my level and expect to just send it. Whereas with ice, I'm in this realm, this familiarity where it's unknown, but I think I can problem solve through it. And it becomes this really beautiful test for me and my climbing skill and where I'm at with it. And it is, again, just like exploring at its best. You don't know until you go. And I love it. Jesse Huey, you name it, right? There's a hundred different ways to find the way. Um, but just go, walking up to the bottom and going from the bottom to the top is a pretty incredible experience that, you know, um, yeah, you get to, there are no rules. It's just you do what you want to do. I mean, there are some rules, but whether you want to bam, that's really up to you. <laughs> Something I heard from Freddie Wilkinson and Carlos Bueller is that beyond the physical and the mental challenges of first ascents are the logistical challenges. And as it turns out, those often require a very different set of skills that might not be immediately obvious from the outside. Here's Freddie Wilkinson. The big thing if you want to do first ascents is you have to find them. And because people have been a lot of places and climbers have been a lot of places. And so I think, you know, doing your research and, and planning ex an expedition to a place that climbers haven't been before is a big piece of the puzzle. And it's been a part of the sport that I've always enjoyed is reading the American Alpine Journal looking around on Google Earth and zooming in and sort of imagining, you know, a, a trip and then figuring out the logistics and making it happen. So I think the importance, that said, the importance of first ascents are really finding a way to be self-reliant, um, you know, with a buddy or a team somewhere where that in a, in a, in a way that tests your abilities as a climber and your full gamut of, of abilities, just things like judgment. Sometimes it's not the right time to do a first ascent and, you know, being able to recognize that back off, 
um, is important. And I think, but I think because First Ascents, you have less information you're going off of if you're being first, the uncertainties are greater and you need to be more prepared and be, be ready for a whole host of contingencies. Carlos Bueller. For example, if you're trying to do uh, a first ascent in the Rockies of Colorado, you do an enormous amount of research to figure out what people have been doing over the last 50 years. You're finding out what kind of difficulties they encountered, what the weather might have been like. You're trying to figure out all of the conditions that might have come up during those different attempts. And you're trying to say to yourself, okay, can I handle all of the unforeseen problems that might arise from teammates of mine that might not get along together or breakdowns in the vehicle that you're going to have trying to get to the edge of the you know, wilderness to start your climb. The more complicated you, you, you choose as an adventure, uh, the more variables that can throw things off. And anybody can tell you that as you, you know, remove yourself from the very predictable and you go into the highly unpredictable, those kinds of adventures are much, are much more difficult to assure success. Even with all the physical, mental, and logistical considerations locked down, and a successful first ascent under your belt, stepping into the unknown can have unexpected outcomes. Here's Jesse Huey. My first first ascent, uh, actually it was really funny. Um, I was in Patagonia and I was climbing this mountain called Fitzroy. Uh, Fitzroy is a huge granite mountain. It's 5,000 feet vertical from bottom to top. It's huge. And uh, we were on a route that we were really inspired by and we totally got lost on it. And we ended up climbing to the top and, and just being like, yeah, nothing really matches up from what the descriptions we had. And uh, when we got back down, um, we found out that people had been trying that route for a very long time and no one was able to do it. So um, we, we got away with the first ascent. We called it uh, Gringos Perdidos, which means lost gringos. Thanks for listening to this episode of Life's a Pitch and our look at First Ascents. A reminder that Michigan Ice Fest is scheduled for February 13th through 17th, 2019 in Munising, Michigan. For more information and to register, check out the Michigan Ice Fest website at michiganicefest.com. Life's a Pitch is made possible with support from our friends at Patagonia. For decades, Patagonia has been producing the highest quality products that cause no unnecessary harm and using their business to implement solutions to the environmental crisis. Looking to stay warm during Michigan Ice Fest? Drop by the Patagonia booth and pick up a Bolle Parka. You'll stay warm and feel great about your purchase. To see the latest products and issues that Patagonia is working on, visit patagonia.com. Patagonia is a gold level sponsor and strong supporter of Michigan Ice Fest. Music for today's episode, titled, Please Listen Carefully, comes from Jazar under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. Check out Jazar at his website, Better With Music, 
freemusicarchive.com or through the Free Music Archive. Thanks again for listening to Life's a Pitch. Look for Life's a Pitch on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you like the show, please tell a friend and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Michigan Ice Fest. And you can reach Life's a Pitch by email at lifesapitchradio at gmail.com. Life's a Pitch is a production of Michigan Ice Fest and Frozen Wombat Productions. Executive producers Bill Thompson and Matt Adams. I'm Lucas Westcott. See you next time.